Set to meet at the 50-yard line before kickoff, a trick play is about to happen, and it's one Fred Grooms III will never forget. He's a freshman on the Helena High School football team, walking out for the coin toss just before last week's game in Alabama. Fred, number 28, taking the field side-by-side side with his teammates, shaking hands with the opposing players, listening to the head referee's instructions, but confused at what he was saying. I was kind of weirded out that they told me to look at their, every single one of the refs and recognize their and memorize their face. Fred doing a double take, his eyes widening, realizing the referee lined up across from him wasn't just any official. It was his dad, Fred Grooms Jr., home from his deployment overseas in Kuwait. He's been away from his family for nearly a year. Watching him walk up unaware was really exciting, um, but then also kind of nerve-wracking because I hadn't seen him in almost a year. Um, and when I left, he was three inches shorter than me. And when I came back, he was two inches taller than me. The two shaking hands and then a long overdue hug. A moment so heartwarming, it deserves a replay. Let's see that again. Players from both teams and the referees cheering the reunion on. Grooms' return actually wasn't supposed to happen until early November. I've been lucky enough, fortunate enough to be at all the events sporting events, school events, and this year was probably the one time where I did not have that opportunity. But with Fred's last regular season game coming up, Groom's commander giving him the go-ahead to leave early so he could see his son play a high school football game for the first time. I had been at every game before now um, with no exceptions, and so that was, for me, it was a big deal. The Huskies headed to the playoffs next. Fred plans on being right back in the stands to cheer on his son. This time, no surprise necessary. Go Huskies. Can't get any better than that. Well, I think it's safe to say that we all love a pleasant surprise. We love and we enjoy it when sometimes out of nowhere, when we least expect it, something good happens. Maybe it's a good gift that's given to us, or maybe like in this moment, it's a, in, in this uh, clip, it's a moment in which we're surprised by someone's presence that we haven't seen and we love them so very, so very much. We all love a pleasant surprise. But as I talk about surprises, there there are other types of surprises, and I'll, I'll have to say this, that while we do love pleasant surprises, on the other hand, we don't like unpleasant surprises, right? We're, we really don't like those types of surprises that really sort of set us back a little bit or cause us some angst, those things that happen to us that we weren't expecting. Let me tell you, give you an example of that. Um, back in my early, early teens, I believe, um, there was a day where a good friend of, of mine and, and I, we were, we were hanging out and we decided to, uh, to go to his house and, and he needed something in his house. Now, I don't remember why, what the reason was exactly, but, but his mom did not want us in the house. Well... I can probably think of several reasons why she didn't want us in the house, but I don't remember exactly why it was. 
And so we did. We went in the house, and, and he went somewhere in the house to get whatever it was he was uh, trying to get. Well, we came in the back door, and, and there was the what we call the mud room, right? And the, uh, uh, it's the laundry, was the laundry room of their house. And so I'm standing there sort of hoping he'll get back soon. But while I'm waiting, all of a sudden I can hear uh, his mother coming my direction. And I, I should have just darted out the door. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I didn't know what to do. So I decided as she was coming, I thought, well, I'll just get way back here in the corner in the shadows of this laundry room, and hopefully she won't see me. Well, she did. She came in, and she started doing things uh, there around with, with the washing machine, probably not more than a few feet away, and then she did some things in the dryer, and, and I'm just standing there quietly in the darkness. But then that thing that, you know, happens sometimes, happens that people have this little sense about them that somebody's watching them. And so she paused, and she looked up, and she slowly turned, and she spotted this figure standing silently in the shadows. She started screaming. And she screamed loudly, and she screamed a lot. And, and, and not only that, she began to cry. And, and I tried to, you know, hey, it's just me, you know me, and, and, and maybe that's why she was crying, because she did know me. <laughs> and, and I, but I couldn't console her. I couldn't, make it, I couldn't make it better. And just when I thought things couldn't get worse, then all of a sudden, her husband came into the room. And I tried to explain to him what had happened, and I didn't mean to, and all this sort of stuff. I, and I don't remember all that was said. All I know is that I was escorted out of the house and asked never to come back. Uh, you see, that was a very unpleasant surprise for her. I didn't mean for it to be, but it, it was. As she was surprised by my presence, she had a negative reaction. You see, unpleasant surprises have that type of result. Unpleasant surprises caused people to have these negative reactions. It caused people to be taken aback, as it were. It causes uh, uh, people at times to be confused or, or even to be very disturbed like she, like she was. This morning, we're continuing our series in 1 Peter. We'll be in 1 Peter chapter 4. And as we continue in this series, Peter is going to uh, be speaking to us about this idea of unpleasant surprises. He's going to be speaking to us and, and attempting to highlight for us those who are Christians and those who are strangers and aliens in this world, what, what, what type of surprises really are coming out of our lives? But before he, he, he speaks to that, 
He's going to spend a few moments here, and he's going to give us the motivation in back of those moments in which we are surprises to this world. Open your Bibles, if you will, to chapter 4 of 1 Peter. And I want to read the first couple of verses here for you. 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. As Peter speaks these words, he's really continuing on in a theme that, that has been present for throughout most of this, uh, of this letter. He's continuing this theme of suffering, the reality of suffering in Christian lives. That those who are Christians need to understand that in this world, they're going to have suffering. He talked about that suffering in chapter 2, in verses 20 and 21. He talked about that suffering in just the previous chapter, in chapter 3, in verses 17 and 18. So now, as he continues on, here in chapter 4, in verse 1, he continues this theme about the realities of suffering. And as he does that, what he's trying to do is he's trying to spotlight the example of Jesus in the midst of suffering. And what he's spotlighting here as he thinks about and talks about the example of Jesus is that he's, it's, he, he's spotlighting Jesus' resolve. He's talking about the type of resolve that Jesus had in his life. That Jesus was so completely determined to do the will of the Father, to bring salvation and eternal life into our lives, that he was willing to endure the greatest of suffering. That even though he would suffer through mockings, and even though he would suffer through beatings, and even though he would suffer through scourging and shame and death on the cross, even though he had to endure that type of extreme suffering, it did not, and he would not let it break his resolve to live and to die for the Father's will. All of those things put together, weren't enough to break this incredible determination and resolve that Jesus had to do the will of the Father regardless of what he experienced in his life. And as he did, Peter says a, a statement here that's, that's sort of hard to, to understand. He says, He, that is Christ, who has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. And what, what he means here is that it's through this resolve, follow this, it's through this resolve in suffering that Jesus brought sin's reign and the sentence of death over all the world. He brought all of that to an end. And because he was 
had that resolve and he was willing to suffer in that way, we stand here today as those redeemed and saved by Jesus Christ. That's the resolve that he's highlighting for these Christians and for us today. But as we do that, we must also recognize there in those verses that as he highlights the resolve of Jesus, he is also calling us to have the same resolve as well. When he says, arm yourselves with the same purpose, he's saying, listen, he had this resolve. Now I want you to arm yourselves with the same type and measure in the standard of of resolve that Jesus had. As alien Christians, Peter is calling us to equip ourselves to have the resolve of Jesus. To be strangers and aliens in this world that have this never-ending determination to wholeheartedly embrace the will of the Father and completely reject the will of this world, even if it brings about suffering in our lives. It's this type of resolve Look back in the text. It's this type of resolve, verse 3, that starts to shape the timing of our lives. Listen to verse 3. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality and lust and drunkenness and and carousing and drinking parties and abominable uh, idolatries. And as he as he looks out into the world, what what Peter is doing is he's he's looking and he's looking at the time. And when we are those who are equipped, who have equipped ourselves with the resolve of Jesus. It becomes very clear, as it was for Peter, that the time clock on any attitude or any behavior that was, is inconsistent with the will of God, that the time clock for those things has wound down to zero. You see that? He's saying there's zero days left for that type of behavior. There's zero hours, there's zero minutes, there's zero seconds left for a behavior that stands outside of the will of God. He's saying to them and he's saying to us, time, time is up. And by way of example, Peter says there's zero time left for we who are strangers and aliens in this world to go on running with the world. We're supposed to be strangers and aliens to the world, not to be those that are out there running with the world. And he says, the time is up for us to be doing that when it comes to, in his list here, sexual immorality, excess in alcohol and food and human pleasures, and and also in any idolatrous behaviors. But here's what, we, here's what we need to know, is this, that when we live like aliens 
and don't agree with those around us, two things are going to happen. First of all, we're, we're going to be an unpleasant surprise to the world. We're going to be an unpleasant surprise to those around us who, who are not pursuing the will of God like we are. Look at, at verse 4. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess of dissipation, and they malign you. I understand. I think we all understand that as Christians, we want to create and present a pleasing picture to our world. We want them to look at us and see us and be pleased by, by knowing the love that they see in us, a Christ-like love. We want them to see and be pleased with our kindness and our generosity and our compassion and our honesty. We want, we want them to be pleased with all of that. But the fact is, is that when they look into our lives and they see our resolve to not accept and join with them in their unrighteous appetites, they're going to be unpleasantly surprised. That's just the way it is. They're going to be surprised that we're not running and engaging in the same things that they are. And they're not, let me tell you, they're not just going to be bewildered by it, but they're going to be disturbed by it and irritated. That's just the truth. Christian aliens are supposed to be surprising the world in ways that are probably unpleasing to them, but but here's what I think is sad, and, and you've seen this as well. There are some out there in our world that call themselves followers of Christ that aren't surprising this world at all. Because they're not living their lives any differently than this world. As a matter of fact, in some ways, they're living their lives very much the same. And there is no unpleasant surprise there for the world. But Peter's sample list here of these things that he gives us, this, this list is intended to be a wake-up call for these Christians and any Christian. This list is intended to not just be a wake-up call, but to inspire us to live surprisingly different. Follow me here with this. The calling here is for us to surprise them by loving God's calling for sexual purity before and during marriage. To love what He loves in regard to human sexuality, to honor what he wants when it comes to marriage that is exclusively between a man and a woman. That's, that's going to be surprising. And, and, and 
He wants us to be surprising them by honoring God's standards of sobriety when it comes to alcohol and food. He wants us to be surprising them when it comes to the fact that we're out there finding our pleasure in walking after the Spirit and not finding pleasure by walking in rebellious and the wild ways of this world's lust. And he's saying we're supposed to be surprising them by honoring the one true God and living according to his righteousness. But I have to tell you, I'm compelled this morning not just to stick with Peter's sample list of things that we're supposed to not run with the world in, but, but there's more here. And I feel compelled to share with us some of the things that have now taken place or, or what I would call become normalized within our society as things that we should be moving against and, and bringing some unpleasant surprise among the people in which we live. We should be an unpleasant surprise by cherishing unborn children and protecting their heartbeats as we would our very own. We're supposed to be surprising them unpleasantly by holding to the assurance and the peace of the, uh, of the Lord, His assurance and His peace for our lives, instead of allowing ourselves to become unnerved and radicalized by fear-mongerers of our day. We're supposed to be uns- uh, surprising and, and unpleasant surprises with, by allowing Christ's love to push out all forms of racism and prejudice and hatred and, and malice and preference out, out of our attitudes and out of our actions. We're supposed to be surprising this world in an unpleasant way by speaking with words of respect and of kindness Instead of gravitating into this morass of ugly speech of this world, speech that batters and speech that bruises and speech that belittles and speech that bullies, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's face-to-face. We're supposed to be surprising the world like that. But here's... (laughs) Here's the, here, here's the thing. When we do, we're going to have to accept the second part of this. Is that when we do that, they're not going to respond positively. I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to be, be, be like that mom that goes screaming. and Maybe they are. But they're not going to be happy. As a matter of fact, the surprise we bring into their life is going to cause them to oppose us to one degree or another. They'll malign us. They'll revile us. And they may even harm us in our lives. But when that happens, listen here, when that happens, our resolve must be to suffer for the Lord, no less than the Lord suffered for us. That we have to go the distance when it comes to honoring the will of the Father too. And we must continue on in our course to do His will. And, and, and there's several reasons for that, but here's why Peter says we need to do this. 
Look at verse 5. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the Spirit according to the will of God. You see, while our rejection of their standards might bring and probably will bring about ridicule and maybe degrees of harm, the thing that we must understand is that that rejection, that type of suffering, cannot touch the eternal spiritual life that God has promised us in Christ. Oh, they may hurt our feelings and they may hurt our bodies, but they're not going to hurt our eternal life. And so as a result, we will, like every person, Peter says, we're going to experience the judgment a bodily death. Everybody is going to be judged that way. We're all physically going to die. But his point is, is that we will not experience the judgment and the condemnation of spirit and spiritual death that those who oppose the gospel and those who reject its calling will experience. Instead, we will experience the ultimate of God's grace. We will experience resurrection from the dead and we will experience the truth and everlasting spiritual life of God there's there's a, a song there's a hymn and it goes like this I am resolved I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. But things that are higher and things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. This morning, the encouragement to us all is let's, let's go and let's be a surprise. Let's be a surprise in this world as we continue to keep our resolve on honoring the will of God in this world, even though it may bring suffering into our lives. Resolve. Maybe this morning, you're feeling that resolve sort of teetering a little bit in your life. We want to shore it up for you. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you to keep, keep walking in the ways of God. But maybe for you, your resolve has been it's today that you need to make Jesus the Savior of your life through the waters of baptism and come out renewed. And filled with the Spirit of God that testifies for all time that you are on your way to that eternal life that he gives to all who believe. If that's what you need, either one of those, come while we stand and sing this morning.